Hey everyone, welcome to Rock Bottom Syndicate. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. Rock Bottom Syndicate is about people who have a story to tell to inspire others to keep working toward their potential no matter what happens. Rock Bottom is an opportunity to learn and pivot and adapt to whatever life throws your way. Rock Bottom is a time where you can choose to take responsibility for everything in your life because when you take responsibility, you own the control, you own the power to make changes and to grow. Your secrets are the prison of your emotions. So ask for help, tell your story. In this episode, actually parts one and two episodes, I'm speaking with Lynn and Randy Abramovic, who are the parents of Heather Gross. I've interviewed Heather in a two-part series on Rock Bottom Syndicate about her story, which was at 22, she suffered a devastating uh, brain bleed that caused her partial paralysis and an unknown future. Um, Heather lost a lot. She lost function in um, her left hand. She lost her... Um, ability to uh, to compete uh, in her equestrian uh, um, um, pursuits. And so she was competitive in equestrian field and was unable to continue on with that after her um, stroke and her surgeries and ongoing surgeries. So lots of challenges going on. And um, in these two episodes today, um, I'm talking with Lynn and Randy about the other side of being uh, caregivers in um, their daughter's life and what that was like and some suggestions from them on what held them together and what to do if you find yourself in this kind of a situation. Um, a lot of it had to do with their faith in God. They're sticking together as a team. They're asking and accepting help. Um, and um, and really looking for the positive and supporting each other and how they could team up to be able to uh, take care of themselves, take care of their daughter, and adapt to their new situation, which is like being on another planet for them for a while. They're doing great. They're publishing a book called Headstrong. That's coming out sometime this year with Heather. So um, you'll hear more about that. We'll put some uh, information in the show notes as well. So I hope you're going to enjoy this part one and part two of Rock Bottom Syndicate with uh, Lynn and Randy Abramovic and their their um, experience as caregivers in their rock bottom after seeing their daughter suffer a catastrophic brain bleed um, only to come out um, better than ever, uh, looking forward to new challenges, a new book that's going to help all of us. So would love to hear from you. Reach out. Reach out to Lynn and Randy. Reach out to Heather. Reach out to me. We'd love to talk. And uh, I hope you enjoy this show. Welcome to Rock Bottom Syndicate. Thank um, you for having us. You're very welcome. And I was introduced to you through your beautiful daughter, Heather Gross, who yes. is writing a book about her story, which had to do with recovery after a devastating um, illness. Yes. And um, she told me that, it, coincidentally, she told me that you were her primary caregivers. And I had just recently interviewed somebody on Rock Bottom Syndicate who um, had been in your shoes, so to speak, had been a caregiver and had some um, surprising things happen in her life and, and learned a lot from it. So that's when Heather suggested that I speak with you about your experience being primary caregivers 
um, for a child who had a devastating illness. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was, it was definitely a, a very surreal time um, because as Heather spoke, she was only 22 and in college and, you know, as a mom, I was prepared for boys, alcohol, drugs, but not a brain hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then when, as she explained, it continued to bleed, we were fearful we were going to lose her because mm -hmm. it did become very life-threatening. Do you have other children as well or just Heather? We have an older daughter. Okay. And um, she, we're blessed that they're both local, so we get to see them very often. So in Heather's situation, uh, she's, she's your second daughter. Yes. So it, she was 22 years old and had something happen that perhaps she's had all her life. You want to explain right. a little bit about what happened? Well, she was home on Christmas break and kind of to put it in a nutshell, um, had been feeling funny and I kind of just thought it was due to, you know, she had just finished finals, thought it was stress. And, and when we took her to the hospital, uh, finally, because she was, had these tingling sensations on her left side and they did a CAT scan. And then, then I remember the nurse never left the room and that was odd. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, usually, you know, they're in and out. And I thought, oh, something's not good. Mm -hmm. And that's when they came in and said that she had had a hemorrhage. And um, they were deciding whether to transport her by ambulance or by life flight to a down to a Presbyterian hospital uh, downtown. And that, obviously, I knew something was very serious. Mm -hmm. Went on to have four more hemorrhages over the next 11 months, which ultimately ended with brain surgery. Um, and that was a, you know, very scary moment for us because the neurosurgeon came in and said that he, you know, they hadn't wanted to remove it before because they were afraid of damage. They were, you know, going into the brain right. damage and, but he said, we have to get this out or it's going to kill her. Mm -hmm. And so she was born with it. It was it's called a cavernous malformation. Mm -hmm. And it was on her thalamus in the center of her brain mm. and couldn't have been in a worse pot. But that's where it was. Yeah, they always put, they called the thalamus the park place of your brain. So it's like a switching kind of board that all the signals filter through there. Mm -hmm. So it was, she only has one and we felt blessed because there is another uh, gene with this that you can have multiples of them uh, yeah. and that they, you know, there are, we, through, through Angioma Alliance, we have gotten to know people who do have multiples. So I guess our blessing was there was only one, mm -hmm. but it was in probably the worst possible place. Wow. And she told me a little bit about her story, and I encourage our viewers to look at Heather's episode. Uh, uh, she's got two episodes, in fact, parts one and two on Rock Bottom Syndicate, telling the details of her story. 
So for today, I was really interested only be, and because I was primed with having interviewed somebody else um, with the with what happens with the caregivers, and we don't often think of that, what you're going through or what, when we're in that role, what we're going through. And what I learned from this other person was it took her by surprise. She didn't see it coming. It was like a train hitter. Can you tell mm-hmm. me about like the sequence of how things happened with you and what happened? Well, obviously, the initial reaction after the first lead was I knew nothing about this. And I had worked in the rehabilitation field before, so I reached out to a physician I worked with there. And then through Google, thank <laughs> heavens for Google, um, I found Angioma Alliance, which, because this is a relatively rare condition. Mm-hmm. And so I was able, thankful that Connie Lee, who was the founder of it, um, started this alliance because I found out more information and at least got some direction. Mm-hmm. And it really, it, it changed our lives also um, through worrying about Heather, frequent ER visits, and then ultimately when she had the final and major bleed, um, at that point, I never left the hospital until she went to a rehab facility. So, you know, I, I spent about four weeks inside Presbyterian, just, you know, by her bedside. And Randy, we had our own business. He was trying to keep our business going. And then he would come to the hospital in the evening. And then we were blessed with neighbors that we called it his drive-through dinner. He would, you know, pull into their driveway and our friend Linda would bring a meal out to him. And kind of, I guess, from a caregiver standpoint, my MO is kind of during the crisis, I'm strong and I'm there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, probably about a year after Heather came home, um, you know, because we did a lot of rehab after home also because she came home in a wheelchair and Mm -hmm. was totally dependent. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was kind of taking me back to when she was a child or a baby. Um, And then about a year after, you know, she, at this point, she was uh, more independent, but I was coming home from work one day and all of a sudden I started having these episodes where I would see something and it would, it was almost like a sinking feeling. And I talked with my eldest daughter, who's, thankfully a clinical psychologist. And she said, mom, you know, I think you're suffering from PTSD. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay. So I, I did go to see my doctor. They initially were concerned. Maybe it was some type of a, um, more of an electrical episode. So I was tested for that. But then I did go to counseling um, and did some talk therapy. And that helped so much. And I I could just back up a little. I don't know if I really grasped what your symptoms were. Like, 
for other people who might be going through this, what it might feel like at the beginning, what you might. It was almost as if, um, I, you know, I would, I would drive by somewhere we were. Like, I remember distinctly prior to knowing about what the first bleed was, we were at a place, Heather was home, and she mentioned something about her tongue felt funny. Mm-hmm. And we were by this certain building. So every time I went by that building, that I would relive that moment. Because oh, I remember yeah. Yeah. her saying that to me, and I said to her, you know, I, I, I d- was discounting everything because I wasn't thinking a 22-year-old healthy young woman mm-hmm. would have had a, a stroke. And I remember saying that time, oh, you probably just drank some coffee this morning and burned your tongue. Yeah. You know, so it was places like that, things like that. So I And what just, would happen to you? Did you get like palpitations? Did you have an anxiety attack? What it was I think it was an it was an anxiety attack. It was almost this feeling of sinking and um and it was it was short lived, but mm-hmm. it it continued to happen and, and it continued by, again, driving by a different place when she said that, or just continuing to see, you know, Heather was left with some physical deficits following this and just seeing her struggle and thinking, you know, why, why did this happen to her? Yeah. And trying to process it. What about you, Randy? Did you experience any of those kinds of? No, I didn't have that. But what I had as a dad was, how am I going to fix this? You know, I was, I was charged with, um, from the initial diagnosis, when they said this is what it was, Mm -hmm. we started doing research all over the country and reaching out to other uh, physicians, specialists to try to, to get Heather help. Um, I was actually at the time involved with an organization called Entrepreneurial Organization, EO, uh, which is global. Mm-hmm. And they put us in touch with a, a group in Chicago. So we started taking her everywhere and sending her scans everywhere mm-hmm. to get other opinions because dad was going to get this fixed. You know, this was something that I could do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you can see, it's still it's home in my heart because it was very difficult. But as far as I was concerned, we were going to get this fixed and everything was going to be good. Mm-hmm. And Heather was, uh, she's our youngest. So she was a senior in college. You know, her tuition was all paid up and, you know, we're all like, they're going to be empty nesters and it's all going to be. And then this certainly was was not in the cards. And we had just, we were, um, Heather was a very accomplished equestrian and we had horses from the time she was two and a half uh, until after this happened. And we had just been in Aruba in November, uh, riding on the beach, the three of us, and um, just having a ball because none of this had happened. And to think a month from now, our lives just got turned upside down. Um, and then she was in the hospital for a year or for a month. 
at Presby and then in rehab for another month. So for two months, you know, this was tough going. And, um, but then when we got her home, I thought, well, my life's going to change again because when she came home in a wheelchair and totally dependent, um, but she's so bound and determined, she was like going to beat this and, um, son of a gun if she she hasn't you know she does have it was lynn mentioned has some deficits but she surprised everyone she got an award at the the one rehab center for being the the best patient that they had ever seen and they did a luncheon for her and that's just her that's just heather you know she is one strong cookie well ever since she was even when she was a toddler she would you know I would try like to grab her hand at certain times, you know, as a mom. She, no, I do it. And that's what she continued to do even through this. And and I think that's what enabled gave us strength also. Mm-hmm. And 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 I can't speak highly enough of Angioma Alliance because I remember I was in the hospital and and a woman from Texas called me. Her um, her son had one of these and just wanted to share, be supportive, and you know, as a mom to a mom of you know how hard this is to watch your child go through this. And so, I would strongly encourage anyone, and it doesn't have to be a a, a, a medical condition, but whether it be psychological or a an addiction or there's so much help out there mm-hmm. and to not be afraid to ask mm-hmm. you know um because there you know my daughter being a therapist you know a lot of people look at mental issues that there's something wrong with you Mm-hmm. And it's just like any, it's like high blood pressure or diabetes or, you know, there's treatment options out there that I know that between that and also our faith in God, that was a huge part that helped us through this. Mm-hmm. Wow. I can see there's still a lot of raw emotion um, coming out as you talk about it. This, How long ago did the the first bleed happened the first diagnosis happened from now seven years it was seven seven years seven years ago and it's almost in your faces like it was yesterday yeah um it's still it was when that doctor walked in at the er and or yeah at um at the uh icu um no, it's uh presby and dr freelander and said that we have to get this out or she's going we're going to lose her. That's for us was just incredible. And, you know, and it was a nine hour craniotomy Mm -hmm. and it was amazing because Heather, again, she is a little crazy, but um, (laughs) the two things she was worried about is they're wheeling her into the operating room were one, what was she going to do about her finals at college? And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> and two, the neurosurgeon said she would probably wake up with a breathing tube. And so not to be frightened by that. Yeah. And she just, 
when we prayed together before the surgery, she just asked that the breathing tube be gone. Yeah. So we sat there, surgery, you know, I remember the kind of the sign came up in the family waiting room that said surgery began. And nine hours later, you know, we were pretty much the only folks left in there. Everybody else had, you know, come and gone. And the phone rang at the desk and it was Dr. Friedlander and he asked to speak with us. So I thought that was a good sign because it wasn't like they made you go in this little side room, you know, that kind of thing. And, and he said the surgery was done. It went well. And he was able to remove the breathing tube. And I heard that I was just, Oh, thank you, God. (laughs) So that was, that was a huge blessing. And then when she was back in ICU for a few days following the surgery and her sister was getting, this was in December and her sister was getting married in May and Lauren was kind of standing by Heather's bed and was shedding tears and crying because she had all these tubes and drains and and um, she had a huge you know incision on the side of her head and Heather was groggy but waking up and she she looked at Lauren crying and she said what are you crying for I'll be dancing at your wedding well at that point I went because we didn't know cognitively what would, you know, something would have happened. I just went, Oh, Heather's still there. (laughs) So that was a huge, huge blessing. When she was being operated on because her request about the grades, which she was, she was, she finally graduated summa cum laude and she had great grades her last semester of her senior year. And so in the waiting room, I had my laptop. I reached out to every one of her professors and told them what was going on and pleaded with them to allow her to, to accept whatever grade level she was at at that point in the term. And because I didn't, I didn't think she'd be back. For, I knew she wouldn't be back for finals, but I didn't know when she'd ever be back. And lo and behold, all except one accepted that. And um, the one, we went back and forth and back and forth. And then on Christmas Day, he sent me a note saying that he was going to give her a C. And he finally accepted. He dropped her. He dropped her a grade. And that he accepted her, this situation, finally. But that was okay. Because she didn't have to go back and do that stuff. And um, I was happy that I could do something. And then another thing that happened in the ICU and after the operation is that Lynn and I never, for nine days, we didn't leave there. And so Lynn was out of the room. I was there praying beside Heather. And in all my life, I've never had like this vision. And the vision uh, from God was that Heather was dancing at her sister's wedding. And then she was going to get married again. And then um, that God said, tell Heather to have a wonderful life. So what I did was I, there was a napkin on the, the tray in front of her. So I grabbed the napkin, took a pen and wrote down, dear Heather, have a wonderful life, God. And so then we had that framed and it's still in our home today that as a reminder 
that, and she is, she's having a wonderful life. And we're just so thankful that she's here because she's going to help so many people in her life. It's, um, there's a real purpose. And we're, I'm thankful for us as a couple also, because I worked, as I mentioned, in physical rehab before, and I worked with spinal cord injured patients. And so often you either saw families drawing together or something catastrophic like this ripping families apart. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, we had our own business, so of which I was working in. So when I was pulled out for how many months, <laughs> you know, the pressure of all that fell onto Randy, but we both realized he was doing what he needed to do. And just by reaching out to the professors, and he did that while Heather was in surgery, mm-hmm. that that is what he needed to do there to help her. And then I did what I needed to do. And thankfully, we both recognized that and kind of worked together through it. We just celebrated 40 years of marriage. It's hard to believe that she's put up with me all these years. <laughs> well, she's like she's going for sainthood. So. You seem like an incredibly strong couple and great parents, for sure. Thanks. 